What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 12 of The Overview. I'm Chan Man V. Uh, Fish Sticks here, Shade here, as always. And then we've got our, I think you were our first guest, right, Sam? Our very first guest on The Overview? I believe so. That yes. was quite a while ago, though. <laughs> we've, we've got our very first guest back with us, Mr. Oplad. Uh, he's a Daily Dot writer. He's also a player. He's played on some of the professional teams, too. And are you, are you still, wait, are you playing for a team right now or no? I am not playing for team right now. Yeah, so you know, he's got, got a great player here that you can pick up, too, if you do teams out there looking for a good player. But uh, welcome to the show, buddy. It's great to have you on. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Talk some Overwatch. Yes, yes. So how's everybody doing? Fish sticks. how's your week been, man? It's been going all right. We've had uh, plenty of competitive Overwatch to spectate lately. Uh, had the chance to commentate. Uh, very last minute impromptu. I thought I was finally going to go a weekend without commentating anything, <laughs> but then ZP hit me up like a day or two before and ended up casting the Gamers Origin tournament nice. on Sunday uh, with the one hero limit. Actually had some of the best games ever in any tournament I've ever casted. It was a ton of fun to watch, a ton of fun to cast, uh, and <laughs> a lot of lively discussions this week <laughs> in the community uh, yes. that, I, that I'm looking forward to jumping into. Yeah, absolutely. Shade? How about you? How's your week been? Playing any okay? DPS? <laughs> Playing any DPS characters lately? Uh, actually, I played Bastion this morning. Okay, that's pretty fun. All right. Yeah, it's good. Only thing that rocked me was the tracer. So shocker. <laughs> but yeah, going good otherwise. Okay. Yeah, good. Good. Well, guys, we've got lots to talk about. Uh, you know, just uh, Ben was alluding to a lot of news being talked about. Uh, Jeff Kaplan came out with a developer's update that had some details, particularly about when beta's ending and just you know a little bit of the schedule, just moving towards launch. Uh, Going to talk about, I guess, wish lists, what we'd like to see in terms of um, uh, competitive formats and, and modes and that kind of stuff just because it kind of ties into a lot of things I think we've been experiencing with the competitive mode. Uh, and then some news, uh, teams disbanding. Actually, lots of free agents floating everywhere right now. So we're, we're seeing Or tryouts. not so free. Or not so free, too. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about that. And then eSports recap. Couple um, events. One that happened this weekend that Fish Six mentioned. The Gamers Origin Overwatch Cup. And then uh, Kings of the Beta. I don't know why I wrote it. Beta is, uh, is, is it concluding... It's concluding the next three days, right? I, I believe so. Uh, it's going to be ending this. Well, week. kind of. Is it the overkill one? Is it just yeah? The, the playoffs EU? are just finals. In... No, the playoffs and finals are on the seventh and eighth of May. Oh, okay, okay. So, so this is like the is second like... round of, yeah. of yeah. groups. Basically. They're risking it during open beta when the servers are like crashing, <laughs> oh, and not working. Oh man, it couldn't have been as painful as the first week <laughs> last week. Whenever they were having all those issues too. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Hopefully this week will be smooth though. Uh, so check that out for sure. We'll talk about that in viewer Q and a, as always tweet your questions to, uh, just tweet, tweet them to me at chainmanv, and I'll try to read as many as I can at the end of the show. Okay. So let's talk about Jeff Kaplan's, uh, developer update that he, uh, or they, they released yesterday, uh, announced the end of the beta, which is going to be, or at least the closed beta, which is going to be next week. Uh, and, um, then he you know, mentioned the open beta is going to start May 3rd for folks that have the pre-order, May 5th through 9th for everybody else. And then there's just going to be a break until launch, you know, on the May 24th, right? 
Okay, so let's let's talk about I guess the end of the ending of the closed beta. Uh, what are your thoughts? I, I guess on on that and um, yeah, just I guess one more week and then we we see another week break. What do you think, Fish Six? Oh, it's rough. It's rough. A lot of people, as soon as they saw this, are going, "Oh God, what am I going to do with my time?" <laughs> I mean, we've talked about it time and time again on the show. So many of the players right now are playing this game like it's a full time job. Um, you know, I play one or two hours every single night when I get home at, from work. So the fact that it's going away it makes us ever, everyone really sad and scared. What are we going to do? I don't know. Uh, last time the beta went down, a lot of us were just twiddling our thumbs, desperately trying to find another game to play. Uh, so it's going to be that situation again. Um, and that sucks for us, us who are obsessed with the game. But, you know, if Blizzard can take the time to really work on things like competitive uh, uh, updating the competitive mode, perhaps, uh, or you know, just fixing fixing some of the dropping, crashing issues we've been seeing. Then it'll all be worth it uh, once we head into the open beta, which is happening immediately after the downtime. So, mm-hmm. I mean, not too much to say about it. We're all going to be sad when it's down, but as long as they can improve things, uh, improve stability, it'll be worth it. Yeah, I think the stress test kind of shows that they definitely need to work on that when they're expecting, you know. Whatever they had, seven million players are signed up for the beta, um, you know, and you expect there's going to be a lot of sales at launch, right? So they definitely have some work to do there to make sure the game's going to be able to to run properly when when the game comes out. Yeah, I mean, you you alluded to the weekend this past weekend, right? And having just um, the what do you call it? just open weekend betas, but it's not purely open they just invite a lot a lot of people uh we did see a lot of you know error joining games right I, I don't know about you guys but i saw a lot of that um and even the queue times were surprisingly high for me uh what were your experiences this weekend shade um overall it wasn't terrible i think probably the most annoying thing was just that there was three maps over and over again yeah so if well, you play yeah. as much as i do it's like Oh, Hanamura for the sixth time in a row. I love this map. Yay, Hanamura. <laughs> but other than that, I i mean, the crashes were kind of annoying. Yeah. I found for the most part that if I just restarted, it wasn't that terrible. I know everyone else probably had different experiences, but... Um, I actually didn't have wasn't crashes. terrible for me. I so. didn't have crashes, actually. I just It just took a, a little bit of time getting games started. The thing that I, I had know, the most problem with long. was... And like the games dropped out like every time like we really? got in a game. You play like one half and the second half it would just drop out. I didn't try to play that long though. I was I was only on there for like an hour or two uh, each mm-hmm. day, but Yeah. The thing that I found was the most frequent as far as like bugs or crashes or whatever is concerned, um, was finishing a game would most of the time take me to just a black screen and mm-hmm. then yeah. I'd have to restart. Oh, or wow. like leave party or something like that. So yeah. Hmm, I I that happened that to me quite bad a bit. Of experience. Wow. Okay. That. Yeah. That's definitely not good. Um, I mean, the overall one. You know, I just playing with. Uh, actually, my nephew got it, and just a lot of people that were wanting to get it for a long time that never played the game got it this weekend. So I was playing with a lot of newer players, and I mean, generally they were really excited about it. I mean, obviously we saw lots of bastion on attacks and <laughs> things like that. That's always uh, can be difficult to play with, especially with new players. But. Um, at least experience, I think, for a lot of the new players seemed to be pretty good overall. Yeah. Yeah, very good. I mean, you saw all kinds of posts on Reddit. Obviously, this game is a really, really fun game to play. It's very unique. 
uh, and everyone getting their their chance to play it for the first time seemed to enjoy it for the most part. Of course, there were those threads that are like, who else isn't going to buy this game? And, but, um, you know, there's right. always going to be those people. I feel like the experience really depends on if you're actually playing with other people or not. Like, I think yeah. if you came into this and you were playing solo, you probably didn't enjoy it that much because it's like a really difficult game to, to do that in. Um, there's so many factors, like there's so many things that can go wrong in a game. And I think like with the attack defend game modes, it's often not fun if your team is losing because you're just wiping over and over. And then maybe even you cap the point, but you just wipe like five times in a row. So it's like, well, I don't, I don't know if I'm you know doing anything. So okay. I don't know. I, I feel like the burden of, of teamwork that's required to play the game properly in any way is makes it very difficult for uh, new people coming in unless they're like playing what? with friends. Well, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, obviously, if everybody comes in on day one, you know, they literally have never played the game, then yeah, that first moment is like, or that first game is, is definitely a lot of confusion and things like that. Um, but generally, I, I think if the voice line, so this is kind of something I was going to bring up in Wishlist, but the voice line, I feel like people just aren't using it like enough. You know, when you're solo queuing and dual queuing, maybe maybe like one or two people talk, but um I don't, you know, I, I think they were intending for a lot more people to be talking. You know, like when you're random games, just talk a lot more. I don't, I don't feel like it's happening right now, and I feel like it might have something to do with the UI. Uh, you know, sometimes you're in group chat, and you don't even, you know, group line, you don't even know. Sometimes you're in team lines, and you don't, you don't know. And yeah. and um, I don't know. That's something that they should probably think about too, uh, because this week was a perfect example. Like, why aren't people talking to each other? Like, there's like a ton of random people right now, and I, I literally would have like one guy saying something. Granted, I don't say a ton either, so I'm like, like you know, a culprit of all this too. But uh, I don't know. It's Dude, just I'm, some... I'm that tryhard who's like, guys, we gotta <laughs> sing together. Why are you going? Like, right, three right. people are dead. Just, just wait for the spot. Like, come on, guys. That's me. You're probably just like, why are you a widow? Don't go widow. What are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm not, that's what I'm you're doing. Oh game. gosh, a, I am the guy that tries people. to get us to sing together for pushes at least, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish the I wish the chat wheel was a little bit more accessible because like pushing C and then kind of having to like scroll around or whatever you want to get to mm-hmm. is a little bit awkward sometimes. So I find myself like just actually key binding everything that would like I'd have to normally scroll the wheel for anyways. Mm. So that makes things a little bit easier, but it okay. takes up key binds obviously. So that's kind of annoying. Yeah, I don't but... use the emotes now. You so you use the emotes a lot in pub games. Like, uh, just, um, well, yeah, like the group up with me, or like I need mm-hmm. healing. Well, I don't usually have to. <laughs> You're the healer, so you don't need healing. <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. They're I, nice sometimes. It's nice having the voice line. Like, it's great. It's just, I feel like it needs to be used more. And, and I think if it was, then Sam, like, you know, that issue that you mentioned would probably be solved a bit more. Just having like even one pseudo experienced person in there can, can really help the direction of, of a group. Hopefully that will change soon. Yeah, I mean, it would help some. Obviously, a lot of it's still just like the burden of knowledge. Like if you just put, you know, 10 people into a League of Legends games who never played before, it'd be a shit show too, you know, like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but those games have had like years years for people to, to develop, you know, no knowledge of how to play the game. And like bronze players know how to play the game because they still have like these concepts of how to do it that have percolated down from the pro scene, basically. So, yeah. you know, that's, that doesn't exist in Overwatch. And I think if, you know, things like the competitive mode and stuff are, are popular, then that will inevitably happen. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Well, people have learned from the you know, like MOBAs too. So in- inherently they have a little bit of knowledge of, 
of you know at least roles and things like that but i remember my first times playing legal it took me weeks of playing league of legends before i felt like i started having fun <laughs> because it was it, the learning curve was just so crazy for that game you had fun so, playing league of legends league is also like for, for, for some time with friends okay with <laughs> That's friends. it's designed in a way that like tr- makes you not want to play with friends though too because like they have runes and stuff like that where like you queue into games and they have an advantage over you, like a physical advantage over you. Yeah, true. The enemy players have flash and runes and stuff, and it's like, yeah. that's horrible. I, I, you know, so, I mean, League yeah. is almost worse in some ways in that yeah. regard. Definitely, definitely. Um, okay, so open beta, so, you know, just open beta is going to be a week long for, I guess, folks that have the, the pre-order too. Um, and then release. So, I, I did, I had an interview with Jeff Goodman, and uh, for those of you in, you know, this, uh, the, OW or Overwatch uh, Discord, Noam Zan in that in that chat. Um, we did an interview with him, and we talked about just I guess what updates we can expect from now until you know launch. And he didn't rule out. He didn't say 100% no updates, but he pretty much alluded that there would be no updates, like balance wise, right? And Jeff Kaplan kind of alluded that to that too in the video that there would be no balance. It'd be mostly like operational it's gonna be one of these days i don't know what's going on <laughs> it's your internet dude yeah you're, you're dropping out of discord at the same time the stream's going yeah down, it's so. my there's like at&t wiring going on in my neighborhood so maybe maybe it has something to do with that but we'll try to make do um yeah so did you say the spectator changes were going to happen before launch or right after launch in that video, I, I mean, I, 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 it wasn't specific when those were happening, but those were like the only specific things I think that Jeff Kaplan mentioned mm-hmm. were like in the near pipeline. Okay, yeah, but balance. I think wise, what he was referring to was like after the game actually releases is when they're going to kind of, I guess, fall back on just going through patches that are more bug related or like spectator fixes, like mm-hmm. ranked mode stuff. I think they're kind of going to shy away from doing a lot of the really intense nerfs and buffs and stuff that they've been doing the last, like whatever two months that open beta or closed beta has been back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess we can't expect too many changes. So thoughts on that. I'll <laughs> say I w- I'll be surprised <laughs> if they launch the game with no balance changes. I know they said that, but just knowing that dev team, how quickly they work, you know, the, the pace of balance updates that we've seen over the last couple of months, it's been on a weekly basis. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm going to be very surprised if probably when the open beta comes, there will be at least one or two balance changes. I, I'm usually predict that. Yeah, usually they're like internal build is like a couple of weeks or something ahead of, you know, whatever we're playing on live in terms of changes that have been made. So there's probably some, some things in there that they're already comfortable with that you know they're not going to iterate more on those but that they will push at some point i think but i think we talked about that was it last week or i think it might have just been in private conversation before the show or something where um we talked about how someone from blizzard had mentioned that their internal meta is like what our meta is now is what their internal meta was like six months ago Mm -hmm. yeah so obviously things change (laughs) like very like significantly over a long period of time for, you know, balance changes and stuff like that. Yeah. One thing that Zan did say is that, you know, we, we talked a little bit about that internal meta and just how it kind of, you know, paralleled a little bit. The tracer, the tracer meta never showed up internally over there, which is really surprising. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's that surprising because you have to have like a 
a certain level of mechanical skill to make it work. And like they have some really great players on, you know, the Devon QA teams and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but you know, they're not on the level that a lot of the pro players are. I mean, like when we first went into the open beta session, you know, the first couple of days we were getting destroyed by the best dev teams, but right. you know, after like two or three days we were, we were beating them and they had a much better understanding of the game at that point still. But you know, we, we, our individual skill was able to, you know, win the day basically. So mm-hmm. I think that makes a pretty big difference in terms of something like Tracer, you know, becoming dominant because even, you know, when the game was first out first, you know, first beta session, even the start yeah, of the second beta session, Tracer, Tracer wasn't right. popular. Like she was felt as a hero that didn't make enough of an impact to, to really, you know, be usable. She was just basically like a gnat and you just swatted her or ignored her. Maybe you couldn't really counter her, but <laughs> she wouldn't die, but she wouldn't impact the match enough to, you know, like let her team win. So you would just kind of push the cart and whatever. Mm-hmm. But obviously that, you know, things change. <laughs> Things change when you have two or three yeah. gnats like, floating around and and definitely picking or picking at you. All right, so yeah, I mean, hopefully we will see a change. Otherwise, um, you know, if we can, if we have events that don't have one hero limits, then we'll see a little bit more of what we saw at Onog, which I think for all of us was not a very it was a it wasn't a good spectating experience and I mean, from what I hear from you guys, it's just not a very fun experience to play just on a daily basis either. Yeah, especially the Winstons. I actually don't mind yeah. the Tracers nearly as much as some other people do. Now, watching Tracer first person is still very exciting. Uh, it's kind of difficult to catch the action from above, but mm-hmm. what's really difficult is when you have two Winstons on each side. That, I don't like casting. I'll, I'll say that much. <laughs> I mean, playing against the Tracers definitely super annoying. Like, I don't know. It allows a lot of classes. There's not much you can do. You kind of just have to it's wait. It's fun. Yeah, that's not fun, basically. I mean, does it put you in a in a situation where it's not even worth like? Will if it continues on and on and on? Do you see a day where just like let's just not play healing support at all? Because, oh, for sure. No, no. I feel okay. that way. I feel that way. All right, let's let's talk this one out. This is this is interesting. Okay. I mean, the healing is just like so powerful. Like, how would you not play healing support at all? <laughs> because like, what would you, you play? Can't. Another like, tracer. I get to the point I get to the point in some of my games where there's like four I've actually had four to five tracers on the other team. And I can't actually play support at that point. So you're talking about in pubs or like in comp games? Because in comp games you'd no, never No, no. I'm a casual player. Like by all means anything I say, take it with a grain of salt if you're only paying attention to competitive because a lot of the things that I feel about the game come from like a casual player standpoint. So yeah, it's super, super, super annoying to go against four tracers or five tracers and not feel like you're literally able to do anything at all. I can't even make it out of my spawn. I can't do anything. It's impossible. So there is times when that happens where I actually feel like, why am I even playing support? I could actually just go play mm-hmm. DPS. I probably won't be able to survive at like much longer than I already am because <laughs> of my potato aim. But I mean, <laughs> at least it would be better and I could probably make it out of my spawn. Just play 76. It's like a mix between both. I'll just right-click them to death. That's all I gotta do. <laughs> Actually, more often than not, I just find myself playing Winston because I just drop shield and then left-click and they all die. So, so Sam, you can't see but, that happening, though, right? Uh, definitely not. I mean, if you look at the current meta, like, Tracer's not even, like, that dominant other than maybe on the cough maps right now, right? Like, mm. most of the, uh, you know... 
payload maps, maps, people are playing other things right now after, you know, the, the last batch of changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, right. she's still used a lot of the time, and she's still, you know, used to defend last points and stuff like that, people stack her and things like that. But, you know, we're seeing, I think, a really good variety of classes other than maybe on King of the Hill, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. even on payload maps, I see Double Tracer a lot. Like, it's not necessarily something that's just Koth, although Koth is definitely where I feel it the most, like, <laughs> yeah. the most painfully. But with the fact that, like, it's so easy for di- both teams to push the payload, at least in my games, I find that, like, basically, I was saying this to Chanman yesterday, I think, 75 to 85% of my losses in ranked usually come from my team pushing and doing well and getting all the way to the end checkpoint, and then the other team pushing getting held over time on every single checkpoint, but still getting to the end, and then us being forced into Koth and losing Koth. Mm, yeah. Isn't that so fun? That's like Doesn't that feel really rewarding? Come on, guys, just get better at Koth. Like, legitimately, 75-85% to 85% of my losses in ranked are that. Yeah, And it's not even because, like, oh, they played us better, they played better than us on that's... Koth. It's literally just one person on my team probably didn't want to play the stinky cheese, so... Mm-hmm. We lost because it's like, oh, four tracers, two Lucios. What do we even do versus that at this point? Like, yeah, I mean, so we're bleeding a little bit into our competitive mode discussion, which I guess we'll we'll talk about here. But just to wrap up, I guess meta, uh, just the the tracer meta. Um, it, it sounds like at least from casual pubs or even just high level casual pubs, because I'm I'm lo- I'm lower level than like you, Shade, and I don't see like two like an enormous amount of tracers definitely tracer in every game but not necessarily three or anything crazy like that um but it it sounds like it it is mostly just a pub thing versus high level at least at least non king of the hill well it's like you go up ranked against Mm -hmm. like Cherfor, reaver adam and (laughs) yeah whoever else it's like oh they're definitely gonna play tracers on koth so peace (laughs) yeah bye ranked points it sounded like too when we were talking to Zan uh, last night that he he wants to approach at least it sounds like this one particularly from from the standpoint of maybe buffing up everybody else instead of nerfing Tracer, um, and he I think gave a f- more general comment about he doesn't want to just keep nerfing and nerfing because like eventually I mean, the characters just won't be powerful anymore, right? They nerf like every single support multiple times because yeah. of you know these comps almost it's like I don't know, but they won't nerf weird. Tracer, yeah. Tracer's untouchable. <laughs> she's the she's the mascot for for Overwatch, man. Well, it was a little ironic that she was the mascot for a long time, and she was never played in comp games. You know, I know that was first. pretty funny. <laughs> and now she's just like completely broken, like one clipping yeah. two hundred HP heroes, two clipping tanks, and it's like, oh no, we're yeah. just gonna buff everything else, but we'll leave her the way that she is. It's totally fine. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it's hard to deal with her, even if you buff other things, unless you, like, give them more health or something, because, like, what do you do, What do? You, how do you buff well, other he, things that make he, them better than her? He referenced, uh, like, Roadhog pu- pulling closer, you know, just on his pulls. Um, another thing was uh, Mercury on his stun. It uh, it stuns for a little bit longer, but he's not able to shoot, like, right, you know, right-click as fast. Um, you know, just, just yeah. you know, like, so soloing-wise, it's about the same. 
but your teammates can come help a little bit more, you know, in, in case of a stun. So very so minor. Really things. weird buff. Very very McCree's minor. He's like things. one of the most popular DPS. So yeah, I know he's like. That hey, I don't mind it. it. It encourages team play. It's a buff that that assists the team play aspect. So I'm all for it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, these are very subtle changes. Yep. What I think really makes the most sense is just. I actually almost literally think one or two seconds more uh, of cooldown mm-hmm. for her blinks. That alone could be enough to balance Tracer. Because what's what? Why is she so difficult to deal with? It's because of her blinks and her recall. So maybe recall one or two seconds, maybe three or four seconds, uh, and literally one or two. Like it's only a three-second cooldown on the blink. So if you brought it up to four or five seconds, that would be almost doubling uh, the amount of cooldown. Um, or yeah. I guess. Well, she dope. has like an incredible yeah. amount of time because she doesn't actually have to really leave the fight almost ever because yeah. her cooldowns. I mean, there's literally an so achievement fast. in the game for recalling 400 HP without dying. <laughs> like that's a but that's an achievement in the game for Tracer. I do that every life basically is Tracer. I know it's like <laughs> that's I an played easy Tracer one. once and I got that <laughs> achievement and I was like, oh, okay. That's I didn't really realize crazy. it did that. No, but, but like, to... I don't know from the conversations that I've had with people like members of the team and stuff like that the general consensus was they didn't actually want her mobility to be nerfed because that's like who tracer is she's an extremely mobile mosquito but so like i don't know maybe lowering her damage a little bit so she can't like one cliff someone or maybe lowering her clip size so she's lowering her clip size or like increasing her reload time or something Mm, like that so then yeah. She can get one clip off, but she's more vulnerable before getting the second clip off. But even then, it's, it's like, a little frustrating because she can easily, like, one clip melee a lot of, you know, low health characters. Which is kind of frustrating when she comes in like, from behind and you have no chance to react makes, to it. Her mobility is what makes Tracer Tracer. Like, she's the blinking mosquito. And if you take away some of that mobility, mm-hmm. then... That's a good idea. Yeah, I can. Seems a little weird. I think that's a good argument. Take away a core yeah. aspect of a character, as opposed to just maybe nerfing their damage a little bit. Her midrange damage yeah. is ridiculous. The uh, interesting thing about nerfing her damage would be that armor would be like even more effective against her. But I'm not sure who would really take that much advantage of it. <laughs> Torbs, Torbs everywhere. Fish, you were going to say something? Oh no! I mean, I, I, I that could work. Uh, you know, it's all theory crafting at this point. Yeah. But I don't think adding a slight longer cooldown on on blinks really changes the core character uh she'll still have insane mobility she'll still be able to blink from one side of the one you know one port part of the map from one choke point into a a door on the side and then continue the flank that way so i don't think it really changes too much um but yeah i mean if you if you nerfed her attack ability too much then she would never be able to 1v1 like a genji or a reaper or anything like that which i don't think is the right move personally I think per, I like the blink nerf because it would put her in this position where she just has to think a little bit more about every attack, be a little mm-hmm. bit more strategic, yeah. work a little bit more closely with her team. But anyway, it's all theory crafting. She definitely does need a tune up um, or we'll just do one here limits. You know, one of the two. <laughs> so, oh, wow. OK. <laughs> I mean, one here limits worked really well in the tournament over the weekend. Like it was it def- amazing. It definitely did. No, it was definitely very entertaining to watch. Uh, and I was not sure if it's just because relative to the Onog one. I think mean, I think a lot of things would have been more entertaining to watch. But, uh, you know, I think one hero limit definitely had had a lot to do with it. Um, let's talk about competitive mode. So we touched on the format just a second ago, King of the Hill, like uh, almost in every single 
competitive match now just because attack has an advantage um okay so, so um yeah, but on that regard like i actually looked at statistics to see uh, in tournaments like how often the attack side is winning i thought yes, i think when you. we were talking to jeff goodman yesterday he said something like internally it doesn't go to overtime that often well he said okay so his his quote was that just given the stats, and he can look at different stats at different MMRs, right? Um, you know, like the the newer player, the cash, super casual players, it's you know it's closer to fifty fifty, and with um, the elite players, the pro players, it's he said it's not like a thirty percent jump, like up to eighty percent, but there, it's definitely higher. So he didn't actually give specifics, <laughs> but it, it it didn't sound like it was crazy amounts higher. So I, I mean, say right? Sam the, has cap, the, data? the Kaplan yeah. quote, yeah. like, said that at the high MMRs was like sixty percent win rate. Like, a, this was like a while back, right? right? Okay. Like he okay. said that it was a sliding range around there, yeah. and that sixty percent would mean that about like 36 percent of matches would go to overtime, right? But so like that seems way too high to me personally. I don't know if that seems high to you guys. Yeah, that but is too high too. When I looked at, um, I tallied up results from Onog, and then the semifinals and finals of all the Gosu EU tournaments since like the start of the beta that were actually posted because some of them weren't posted mm-hmm. on their site. And in rounds where a time had not been set, so not like the second round of a stopwatch where maybe, you know, a team could have finished, but they didn't because, you know, the time ran out. Um, 78% of those games, the attacking team won. In, Did you say 78? 78? 78%, yeah. Oh, wow. God. That's high. Okay, so that means that, means that like 60%, <laughs> to 60% of, of matches in cotton like mode at that level would go to the cloth overtime then so oh it's like a huge amount at the highest levels and the, yeah yeah and it's it's slightly skewed i think because king's row is the most popular map and king's row is also the easiest map to full attack on i think mm-hmm. but um i mean it doesn't that doesn't change the numbers very much that's okay high. thank you for that's that very data. High. I, was, <laughs> I was gonna eventually do this myself but no one else seemed to be doing it but thank you sam for pulling that because i mean there's more data i didn't do the na tournaments and stuff like that yeah. but i don't think that they would change the results that much so yeah i don't think so either i will say that when jeff kaplan was on the show two weeks ago and announced the new competitive mode and the new format i was open to try it trying it and <laughs> i am still open to trying it However, in the actually in the last couple of tournaments, even more than previous tournaments, we've been seeing the attacking team winning at such a high rate. I would have actually guessed in the 70 to 80 percent range. So that makes a lot of sense to hear that from you. And to me, that's just way too high. Even if it was 60 to 65 percent win rates for the attacking team, I still think that's too high because it just means that the vast majority of games are going to be decided by a best of one king of the hill, which is really not where we want to be. So... It's miserable. Um, it's the worst thing ever. One thing I've heard um, from the Blizzard employees, and they said this, I think, on the show last night. I think even Kaplan might have said it, said it in our interview. They might have. They might try to come up with like some band aid fix and you know tweak the times on maps for the competitive scene, like have a competitive mode where you have right. less time to different. complete the map or something like that. Yeah, that could kind um, of work, but it's going to be something like, like there's always going to be a sliding scale. Like maybe teams get even better at attacking or something. And like, yeah, you know, there's still issues and it's, that's it's, like, that's not a great solution. It's a band. You know it's exactly a band aid. <laughs> you know, you know there's other things they could this? do that would be, that would be improvements. That's... Like, um, you know, respawns respawns after capturing checkpoints to defending teams can, defend better and like have more opportunity before getting snowballed but it's it's still just like there's going to be major major issues with that just because of the game mode unless well i mean did you are these stats that you collected these stats you collected are, are for all the maps right not just payload uh for 
double capture points too, right? The seventy-eight percent. Yeah. That you said? Well, I mean, there's like no games on the double capture points. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Um. This was just for. I, I think I I collect just payloads. I'm just talking just payload, not okay, double payload. capture points. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean. Watch. So, <laughs> stopwatch okay i mean there's been hybrids right that have been like people have been talking about obviously in the in the pro community and even just reddit and um at this point i think almost any hybrid would work at this point i mean anything so why so why not just have stopwatch why i mean i think we just need to actually run a tournament with the current system of ranked as the format for that tournament and just show blizzard (laughs) that no one likes it because well, I think the reason uh, right it, now, right now, all they see is ranked, and all they see is people on the forums being like, I mean, "Oh, yeah, this is so much better than Stopwatch," but like, the, the it's re- not. The reasoning behind the Stopwatch thing is that you know the the way that these games are designed, you know, from the standpoint of you know, there's a finish. We're trying to get to the finish. We're trying to get to the objective. Um, there's a finality to it, right? It's kind of like, I don't know, CSGO, whether you like set off the bomb or not. You know, that's a t- type of feeling to it. And if you don't, then you lose, right? And you, you die, you lose. And so does your your. But there's your actually opponent. still, a, there's a finality to Stopwatch too. They just have to do it the it, right way. And the right way to do it is you, uh, the attacking team sets a time. Mm-hmm. And then when you switch, the, the time at the top of your screen where normal like countdown to checkpoint sure, sure. is would be a countdown to how long you have to reach as far as the other team reached and they can do the same thing that they do now whenever the timer starts getting like lower and lower the music kind of dramatically changes and like there's beeping noises that happen like there's a finality to that and then the defeat screen if the the timer counts all the way down to zero the defeat defeat screen pops up just as it does now if you do not reach the end of the map or whatever it is by the end of the countdown the defeat screen pops up you don't see the end of that map. It's already yeah. happening. Sure. Yeah. Saying, I mean, like, there's other things you could do to make it better no too in the UI. To it. Yeah. You there's could no add like a ghost card. Like, well, that, that it already like, happens. Yeah. Right, go ahead. I mean, I think the UI is a major issue. Like, you could add a ghost card that shows you where, like the time the enemy set, so you could kind of try and race it. You, you, you could add a line that shows you where you're mathematically eliminated and the game ends if it, if you know you you fall behind that point or something like that so then you know you do know when that happens and i mean like obviously people say that there's unsatisfying results because the team wins around in three minutes or something and then there's no way the other team can come back but like if a hockey team scores 10 goals in the first half there's no way the other team can come back right. and the second half is you know the second and third period or third period are just going to be pointless and you don't if if you know a team is up 10-0 and then the other team scores one goal and wins the third period 1-0 or whatever you don't go to a shootout to like decide the winner in that time or go to overtime or whatever like that would just be BS, and that's like what it feels like in comp mode right now. It feels mm-hmm. like if you completely outplay the opponent, it doesn't matter. It makes most of the match feel meaningless, basically, because it, it all comes down to the overtime, and that's like way less. You know, people talk about a stopwatch is anticlimactic, and I feel like that's way less climactic. You know, if that was really a thing than than <laughs> stopwatches, because most of the match is basically pointless. Yeah. Well, okay, I mean, guys. it's just like. Please go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Please, Shade, you go and then fish ever. The perfect example that I have of this is it was either yesterday or the day before. Chan Man saw the game live as it was happening. Um, yeah. It was Some myself, stream, right? I think yeah. Milo, Siegel, 
uh, I think someone else was in it with us too. I think we were like four stacked and we were against um, like Pure Slasher and, Slasher and a few other people yeah. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what happened was we ended up pushing, we were on Kings or we pushed the entire map um, basically without hitting any overtime on any checkpoints. We had a pretty good time. It was probably like five minutes or so, six minutes maybe. Um, and then we swapped sides. So we were defending and they started their attack they hit overtime on every single checkpoint. So the original capture of the payload, they hit overtime. The second uh, checkpoint, they hit overtime. Every single one of them. And they even had overtime pushing at the end like to <laughs> actually cap out the map. Yeah. And it was like 20 to 30 seconds of overtime each time. But we still ended up going to Koth. And when we got to Koth, they ended up running Stinky Cheese. And our team ran as much Stinky Cheese as we could, but we had a couple of hovers that didn't think that they wanted to do Stinky Cheese and they wanted to do Junkrat instead. So we ended up losing Koth. But our time on King's Row attack was probably like three to four minutes better than theirs. And we still ended up losing that ranked game. And that has tilted to be more than I have ever been tilted in my entire life. (laughs) Some people would say it was exciting because they're in overtime every every round or whatever, you know? know, It was not exciting. Make the one play you needed to stop them, right? Well, it was exciting, but if you compare it to like the other team's run, it wasn't even close, right? There was no overtime in that that run. So it's just kind of. It's just one and of not to mention games. in the It just means map. playing well doesn't matter. Like playing well doesn't matter. It's like well, why okay, so, even play well? All right, so uh, it doesn't matter until you reach the cost. You want to comment a little bit before I actually? Well, I mean, this is an incredibly deep topic, and we could I, I could seriously talk about this for another thirty minutes. Um, we've gone back and forth about this uh, many times in the in Discord and talk shows with Jeff Kaplan himself. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it left, right, and center. Um, but the fact that we are seeing these top, top teams complete maps at such a high rate does make a lot of us in the scene feel kind of nervous about using this mode for tournaments. I do agree mm-hmm. with Shade. We should try it. Uh, we should do it just to see what it's like, just to see what it feels like. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that there are some decent alternatives. Um, if you mm-hmm. try to strip down why Blizzard wants to do something other than stopwatch, uh, the, the common responses are A, uh, anticlimactic, um, you know, if a team sets a time of seven minutes and 20 seconds or whatever, and, uh, you know, the other team gets stuck on the first objective for three minutes, second objective for three minutes, they basically can't complete the map. So they basically have to GG at that point, And there's some garbage time. I don't actually really buy that this is in itself anticlimactic. I agree with Sam that the right UI elements could tell the story I mean, that's- clearly. My big problem is like it's a complete cop out on Blizzard's end when you know they basically come in and they're like, okay, well, let you know, help let the community help us figure out how to do esports, how to do all these things in the game, and then they're just like, okay, we're not going to implement the UI for stopwatch, so screw stopwatch. You know, it's going to be a horrible spectator experience for everyone, even though everyone wants it because we're not going to implement the UI for it. So it's just basically dead on arrival, period, because it it, it is always going to be awkward in game without that aspect. So I feel like it's just a complete cop-up by them to not implement that when, you know, that's been something that lots of people have, have been clamoring for. And then they're going to say, oh, we have these problems with it. But, you know, they have things that could potentially be a solution to many of those problems if they just implemented, you know, proper UI for it. And they never tried it. They never they never put one in live. I mean, I know they said something about having something internally, but, I mean, that's just ignoring the community, basically, I feel like. I mean, obviously, you can say that they're listening to the community because there's people who don't like Stopwatch, but... You know, that's that's only one side of, of, of it. Well, also, one thing that I did want to dive into a little bit is uh, 
you know, it's been floating around for the past week or two or three. Uh, actually, uh, Micker, we, we talked about it last week, but the hybrid mode, mm-hmm. uh, it's like it, it has the benefit of stopwatch where, you know, the better team will score more points. Uh, but you're still going to play out both sides no matter what. Uh, it's just a we talked about it in the Discord last night, Sam, and you were kind of talking about it a little bit as uh, some sort Not of really. middle ground. I wasn't. Yeah, you were. You, you, uh, said, you construed what I said as supporting it. Okay. Well, I misunderstood <laughs> you entirely then. I thought you were supporting it. But uh, basically the gist is if you complete on attack, you gain a point. Uh, if you don't, you don't gain a point. But then at the oh. end of uh, after two teams have attacked – the one with the faster time gains an additional point, so you'd have a 2-1 scoreline. This only really makes sense in longer sets, best of threes, best of five, best of sevens. But it does really start to make sense, I think, once you go to best of five or greater. But Sam, I, I guess I misconstrued you. <laughs> what, what do you feel? I guess you don't like it? I mean, I don't really like it. Like, I, I still think it's not. I don't know. It's it's awkward and confusing in a lot of ways when you're like trying to tally up who's winning in the series and stuff like that. Or like how teams are going to come back. I and mean, obviously people get used to it um, eventually, but it also like doesn't solve any of the issues with competitive mode because so is competitive mode just going to be still just stopwatch then? Like, because whoever wins the stopwatch would win basically. Because it's the you best know? one so, you're saying. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, th- I think the, the part that's the most confusing or, or the part that people don't agree upon, whether it's like Blizzard versus, you know, most of, I guess the competitive community is just how, um, how easy it is to understand time, right? And stopwatch, and and, and I think that that's where that, that's where this this conflict is going on right now. And I feel like if so, if they just came with came with a different solution that that still accomplished kind of both. So instead of using time, um, you, you know, shouldn't I have to do so, that. Well, I know, but just like just hear me out. And, and this isn't perfectly stopwatch either. You know, like every single second, but. You know they have a see they have checkpoints in built into these maps, and these checkpoints are made just to add time, right? And add, I guess, more points, right? In terms of a stopwatch type of format, but why not just do points, right? You know, points is not stopwatch. They they might just want to go with something unique, you know, and just not go with stopwatch anymore. You know that that might be some hidden factor, who knows? But why not just go with a point system? And a point system is really easy to understand. I mean, here's a simple one, and we can come up with the most complex ones, but here's a simple one. You make one checkpoint, you get 200 points. You make the second checkpoint, you get another 200 points. And we just keep tallying them up. And then at the end of the round, you have this many points. And if you finish the round, you get another 500 bonus points or whatever. And then the other team gets to go, and then you can go like that. And you can actually do aggregate points if you want to in a series, you know, just whatever. But it's very straightforward. It's not this weird time system that requires, like, a UI, too. I mean, that, but that means you're still tied, though, if, like, one team wins in three minutes or one team wins in 12 minutes and the next one wins in 12 no, minutes. It, like, you're, you're, tied. Ti- you're tied if you finish the same number of objectives, yes. But at least it's, it's like, close. At least it's kind of close to the same amount of progress you guys made. I mean, that still means that, the like, the unsatisfying game that Shade played would still be a tie, even you know wouldn't like it doesn't fix any of the issues it does no it doesn't it fixes some it makes it fixes some of the scenarios like the one that we're talking about against slasher's team it fixes that scenario for sure because the most frustrating thing about this entire situation Mm -hmm. is this blizzard you are amazing at creating games (laughs) love you for making overwatch it's incredible you do not need to be unique, though, in certain aspects. 
Look at how every other game works that has been popular and competitive. It's one thing or another. Either in League of Legends, you destroy the enemy nexus or your nexus gets destroyed and you you're done you lose the enemy team wins in csgo you either win all the rounds or you win more rounds than the enemy team because you planted the bomb or you defuse the bomb like it's straightforward you don't need to do all of these hybrid systems that are confusing for spectators to begin with when you're already worried about spectator issues already like just do one thing or another it doesn't have to be a hybrid system just do stopwatch if it doesn't work <laughs> change it well, I mean, they're doing the simple the system right now. They are doing a simple system. You don't like. Either you win or you lose. Like they're doing round. either you win okay. or you lose, yeah. or you but tie and go to call. Yet, yeah. This system hasn't been tested yet in competitive. So you know what? By all means, if this system is tested in competitive play, and by competitive I mean like high tier, obviously like professional yeah. play, and it works... And, like, you know, the the win rate is exactly like they said it is, where it's, like, there's a 50-50 for everyone. It's fair one way or another. I will shut up, okay? <laughs> I will not talk about stopwatch anymore. If this is exactly what you said it was going to be, I will shut up, okay? <laughs> if it's not and it's miserable for the players, fix it. Change it. Try something else, even if you don't want to. Well, just yeah, they, they, I, they I totally are. think, I think the next are, tournament has yeah. to try this competitive mode. Yeah, like I'm looking at you, Ghost of Gamers, or whoever else. <laughs> just try <laughs> it, like please, it. just oh, please man. do it. Well, um, uh, actually, that's a good point. We don't even have a way to do it because uh, <laughs> exactly. beta's going down. <laughs> well, because beta's going down, but also because you have to queue in competitive mode to actually get this format. Right. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. Anyways, it's. Well, the one thing we do know is they are no, no, iterating. They could set it up. They are. They, I know, mean, not necessarily. They could set it up like in their own way. You could just fix the lobby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there should be a lobby thing. Now one thing that we know is that they are iterating. This is just like the first iteration, right? We we know they plan on on chain, you know, just trying different things, iterating through it. It's just it's just a matter of just how much how yeah, fast they're not they're going going to do it. much now because they're going for launch. That's like the iteration. I mean. like, how is, fast are they going to do down, this? So. Right. I know. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, let's move on. We spent a lot know. of time. I mean, <laughs> we spent a lot of time. Yeah, on this. I mean, it is the yeah. most. It is like the big topic. These, you know, this last week. Yeah, um, absolutely. And we didn't even touch but, upon just. There are a lot of other issues too with competitive mode. They already know about disconnects and all that stuff. They they just need to fix all that stuff. I just I, Blizzard needs to understand. Mm-hmm. There's other things too that they want to be unique with, that they don't need to be unique with, like <laughs> things that work. <laughs> like things that work at other esports work for a reason. Like LCS is as popular it is as it is because it's like one of the reasons is because it's easy to watch. Like it's not a hard game to spectate League of Legends. And yeah, it is if you don't know much about the game. It's yeah, of course it is. Of course you ha- you have to be. I mean, I mean the core basis of the game from a spectator perspective and understanding what's going on is oh that team killed the nexus of the other team they won. Well, I mean, you're, you're, so you you're talking about simple objectives. I mean, like, what is what is the issue it's you like, have here? Yeah, I don't. Well, my issue is that it's like, okay, so one team pushed, and then the other team pushed, but one team had a better time than the other, so the team that has a better time wins. Why is that hard? Everybody can I mean, tell time. You can you can watch a counter hit zero. It's it's not what? hard, but it's not exciting apparently. Even though I always felt like stopwatch produced some of the most exciting moments. Like in TF2, we didn't play stopwatch that mm-hmm. much, but Gravel Pit was a map that produced some of the most exciting matches when they were close, and they were close a lot of the time, and they are close a lot of the time in Overwatch. 
Um, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the cup that I casted on Sunday, it was, uh, of course, it was Reunited versus my dog. So it's Tavik's new team. Well, I, this is a perfect segue because yeah, exactly. we are supposed to talk about this in just a minute here. But my dog, brand new team, brand new form roster, played against Reunited. And in a best of five set, there were two stopwatch games that were decided by 10 seconds or less. One of them was decided by three seconds. That is so hype. Nobody will be able to convince me that that is a boring game mode. Yeah, it's boring when the games are uneven and the play and like the two teams, one is a much higher skill than the other. But it's going to be boring either way, no matter what rule set you choose. I think Stopwatch is one of the most exciting possible rule sets. If the games are close, it doesn't get more heart pounding than the the payloads slowly rolling into its final checkpoint with literally seconds to spare. That was some of the best Overwatch I've had the pleasure of casting. Um, well, so I definitely I think it's imagine if it was built into the UI, Ben. Like, yeah, imagine if the yeah. countdown was like, you know, you could see the yeah, milliseconds and stuff coming game, down. So, in that game, I think it was like, you guys, uh, was it you that was casting that game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't you guys think that there was 10 seconds left and there was actually yeah. only three? Yeah, exactly. And it was still hype. Like, there was that, you know, that few seconds difference, but it was still as hype as it was when there was even actually less time than you thought there was. <laughs> I mean, so like when the game first came out, I thought my problem I, with, with Stopwatch, I wasn't worried about it being exciting. I was worried about it being like fair and balanced and not too random because like one play could determine a fight where you get to push a checkpoint or something like that. Yeah. But like with the tournament results we've seen, like the best teams are winning consistently. So, I mean, I think it's yeah. just been a very fair game type for competitive play. Like I think that it's worked out very well overall, you know, especially on the, the payload maps, at least not the not the CP maps, but. I mean, um, no, no matter yeah, it's just kind of disappointing that Blizzard hasn't, you know, implemented it more in their game or seemed to seem to want to give it more of a shot. Yeah, I mean, no matter what game you're playing, whenever a good team is playing a bad team, it's always going to be boring, right? I mean, we're seeing huh. some boring games in the NBA right now, so it's uh, it, that's always going to happen. When the two, but when two good teams clash, that's when epic hype stuff. And as long as we have a format that does make it exciting, which you know, Stopwatch does, then that's that should be good enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's another thing that's annoying with the comp modes. It feels really artificial to build the hype like of the overtime. You know, it's like artificial because yeah, you're trying to make that's the match yeah, like more true. even than it really is yeah. for like arbitrary reasons, which is like horrible. It makes it feel like it's like you know an exhibition, like fake you know WWE wrestling or something, it's really and not close. An actual guys, competition. I promise. I promise. It's really close. Yeah, yeah. But other games have that same problem. It's like any time that there's a stomp. Just kind of, oh, okay, this team's gonna win. Yeah, I mean that. Like I said, Let's just it's, talk it's about just how fun. good they're stomping the other team right now. We're not allowed to say they're stomping. <laughs> I cast the rules, right? We can't say we can't call games early or whatever. Uh, but yeah, that, that happens all the time. That, 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 that's just normal competition. I mean, that's like when you see one seed versus a sixteen seed or something like that. That's a, that's supposed. I don't to happen, even necessarily right? believe that stopwatch would be a hard thing for Blizzard to implement, anyways. I mean. So if you look at how the spectator UI has changed over the last, like, what, two or three weeks, it went from looking one way to looking completely different. Like, that's a change that took them, like, a week to make, a week and a half, maybe. They've been working on spectator stuff for a long time, like, internally. They have other stuff, too, that's not released yet. I mean... Yeah, this definitely this not like a change that was like week. a week in yeah. the making or something. This wasn't like I know. Week, I'm just saying, Blizzard has always been really good at pushing out changes really fast. 
So if it's something that they wanted to try, I don't think that it would actually take them a super long time to try. I, it. I bet they've. I bet they've or have that they've tried not it already tried it. In, yeah. Yeah. I bet they have some kind of like really bare bones uh, stopwatch interface. That they've they've probably tried. Um, okay. Well, uh, let's talk about. So you you mentioned the Maidong reunited. Um, why don't we talk about some of the the esports stuff, and then we'll talk about some of the news with with teams disbanding. Um, okay, gamer. We didn't even talk about the rank system yet. Which one? We didn't talk about the rank system in competitive mode yet. No, no, no. Did you? Oh, you, want to, you want to go <laughs> into that on, too? Just move it on, let's please. just move on to that. I mean, we we could talk for days on that. I mean, but, okay, let's just talk about where's the recap. Uh, Gamers Origin, the Overwatch Cup. You casted that with ZP uh, this past weekend, Fish Dicks, and you mentioned the Maidong Reunited. That was definitely one of the best series I've seen this so far in Overwatch. Uh, but generally, talk about the one hero limit. What did? Why was it so? Why did it work so well? You know, frankly, like. Uh, Again, <laughs> going back to stopwatch first. No, just kidding. Yeah, but no, in the finals of the Onog tournament, we had uh, we had a game that was decided within five seconds, and there were five tracers on the reunited side. It didn't stop me from getting just as hyped. So I don't want to draw the direct parallel between like, yes, uh, one one hero limit hype. The reason that I was so hype about this tournament was because of how good the games and how close the yeah. games were. Mm-hmm. You can't say that was directly because of one hero limit. That said. One here limit, obviously. We didn't see two Winstons. We didn't see two Tracers, which teams like Cloud9 have just been doing time and time and time again, basically on most maps in most situations. Uh, So it was nice to see a little bit more variety. Um, The one thing that I found kind of surprising is like, I'm not sure how to frame this, but in a way it felt like teams were forced to pick more standard compositions because you, you can't do a two Widow, two Reinhardt, bastion strategy you can't you can't do crazy cheesy off the wall stuff which can be very exciting um so you really did see almost every team uh doing like reinhardt zarya uh lucio mercy uh farah mccree or sometimes the the zarya would be a, a different dps character uh but it was almost always these really standard lineups um on a lot of this a lot of the maps including king of the hill uh so it kind of it kind of forced teams into a, like a more standard mold. And, you know, one of the things that w- was very clear is like right now, Mercy and Lucio were used in just almost every single game. It was just almost every single time. We only saw Zenyatta a handful of times. We only saw Symmetra in very situational um, p- uh, positions. Uh, so Mercy and Lucio were used every single time. And the one thing that kind of surprised me, and I guess it shouldn't have been a huge surprise, was just it felt like it forced teams into a more standard composition than I was kind of expecting. Going Part of that it. might be because teams haven't practiced with the one hero limit, so that's basically just going to be a default mode, right? Like they have, they don't know what works that's not standard in that situation. So, yeah. you know, that could be an, uh, one reason for that. Obviously, you know, a standard lineup is pretty pretty easy to do and makes sense in the one one one. you know, the one hero limit issue, like kind of like what it was in the first beta session, right? Yeah. And that's, I mean, that, you know, the first beta session, I mean, I feel like we were getting a little bit stale too, just from the meta standpoint. That's, so that's kind of what I was alluding to before, Ben, is that I don't know how much of this was just like more of a relative thing, you know, just relative to what we have been seeing. And this is like a refreshing uh, versus, you know, this is like a, the correct answer. I mean, the support meta is just going to be stale, period. I was like, just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> That's just Blizzard's fault for not designing more support heroes and 
you know, that'll, that'll change. Designing more characters in ones like Symmetra. Yeah. I don't hate the idea of hero, hero limits anymore as much as I used to, just because, <laughs> like, I'm just getting so tired. Like, I didn't expect it to last this long. And I'm just to the point now where I'm just so tired of seeing it and going against it that I don't hate the idea anymore. But before you implement it into the game completely, give me another support, please. Please. Well, I mean, the. Yeah. Otherwise, the, it's the, literally going to be only Lucio Mercy. Like, yeah. that's it. Even if you have other supports, it still might only be Lucio Mercy because the speed boost is so but important, especially especially in the one hero limit meta. I think the speed boost is even more important. Um, well, I mean, speed boost is just completely off the wall a problem right now. Anyways, speed uh, lo- speed boost actually needs to be like seriously reworked in some way. And that is way too impactful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think the uh, the you know one hero limit will become. You know, just more, I you know, just more accepted maybe as more characters come out because I, I think balancing, mm-hmm. <laughs> balancing uh, stacking and stuff is going to be very very difficult. And I was talking to Zan about Zan, Zan even said it's like crazy difficult and his life would be much easier. But it's not about making his life easier, right? It's about just making the game the best it can. And but it'll only get worse and worse when there's more combinations, more. You know, there's a hundred heroes. I mean, imagine balancing a hundred heroes, guys. That's I mean, and, oh my yeah. gosh, right? It's already. Oh, I definitely wasn't in favor of a hero limit. I mean, that's why they don't have just one person doing it in other games. There's like teams of people that do hero balancing. It's not just like poor Zan on his own in a room with the lights off, well, just wringing his hair, like. Well, I mean, well I mean, it's not, it's just not the only either. one doing. Yeah, it he's fun. not just the only one. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. Like, I'm just saying. It, it's it's. It's uh, usually like huge teams of people i mean there's not that there's not stacking right now in other mobile games right so it, it's um yeah but it's different though because you can't pick the same have... heroes on different teams either like right but i'm just saying there's, there's even, a whole even other strategy those... to doing that right and, but even balancing in those games can be difficult even just with those parameters so imagine if it's yeah. just like it was just free and open you could do whatever the heck you want it would be it'd be insane like they'd have to be nerfing and and changing tens of characters every single week it would be crazy all right uh i also just yeah. like the idea of having 40 50 60 plus heroes That'd be awesome. i think that that also makes hero limit even more interesting in that case mm-hmm. because you can still swap a lot you can still try crazy cheesy stuff if we have the variety of heroes but yeah. you know i think Actually, Micker Micker said it in the Overwatch Discord last night pretty well. Uh, you know, one hero limit does kind of spur this stale stuff because Lucio and Mercy are almost a must-have, because McCree is almost a must-have, because Rhino Heart is almost a must-have. You really only have like two free like flex heroes that you know you swap around. Sometimes it's Widowmaker, sometimes it's Ferret, sometimes yeah. it's Genji, sometimes it's Tracer. Uh, but the rest, like right now at least in the meta, uh, just feel very very solid. Um, so. Basically, what it was in the first phase of session. Yeah. Exactly. Would a class limit be worse than a hero limit? Like a two hero class limit? And that would just be weird because, like, the yeah, class designations are, are yeah, they're just kind arbitrary. of awkward. They're arbitrary and, in some ways. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. it would mean the difference between running like two soldiers, two tracers, two Lucios. It would, you'd only be able to run two of those offensive heroes. I mean, it's something you could try, but I feel like sometimes the classes are. At least that doesn't limit you support-wise. Like, if you need to run two Lucios because you just need that extra healing output, then 
It wouldn't necessarily like. I mean, I that'd be really awkward because like three DPS comps are very staple on a lot of maps, depending on the maps and stuff. And like, so that would just be weird, like not being able to do that. Then you'd have to be forced to. I don't know. It would be it would be awkward. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I agree. I mean, I it would really, be awkward. Yeah, but there's really... always ten. There's always like. It would open more opportunities to run the defense heroes like Hanzo and Bastion, right? Or whatever. It just gives more heroes, I guess, opportunity to shine, which Blizzard wants anyways. Well, we want variety. I mean, we we do want to see... The optimum, I think, game play is when we see a lot of different characters, not just the same ones over and over again. I mean, I will say I was totally against uh, a hero limit at the start of the beta, but now I'm more <laughs> in favor all... of it than I was back then. That's just because we've seen like meta now uh, multiple times. Part of the problem in Overwatch an issue. Part of the problem is that there's a lot of heroes that are kind of binary where it's like, if yeah, you have this right. hero and then like widow versus widow, if you where widow kills their widow, you basically have free reign to do whatever you want unless they happen to have like a Winston or Diva, but even then you can kind of beat them or something. So there's a lot of heroes like that where it's kind of binary where you get the one pick and if you have stacking, it makes it even like way too punishing in those cases. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. We, we've talked about meta. Yes. For let's, let's talk now for about an hour. <laughs> let's talk about some news. Um, and I, again, guys, I said it before, but just want to reemphasize my dong. They formed yep. last week, and I talked to a couple of their players. They hadn't even really had time to scrim against any top teams. They formed last week, and they took very narrow, but they took a win over Reunited, which is pretty pretty much unarguably the best team in Europe right now. So Tavik and Mendo uh, proving that it wasn't just a fluke with IDBQD, and this new team looking incredibly strong. I was so impressed with AKM. I was really, really impressed with the Mercy play we saw. Uh, just like everyone just played so solid on that team. Uh, so my dog, I've also, you know, Raffle Gator was saying in his stream yesterday, so I guess I'm allowed to say it here. Uh, they're going to be announcing uh, a sponsor soon, so they w- we won't have to call oh, them out okay, as so- my dog forever. Oh, um, oh! I was, was going well, yeah. to say if they have That's a sponsor, if they have a sponsor, and they, and if they were called My Dog and they had a sponsor, it could still use My Dog. I got to bow down to them because that's like that would be amazing. My Dog sponsored by Trojan. <laughs> yeah, like oh my god, Playboy or something. Awesome! That no. would be amazing. I mean, so, I just feel I bad for whoever the sponsor is because if they have to write oh, an announcement man. article saying that this sponsor <laughs> just picked up My Dog, like get me out. <laughs> Anyway, they're probably looking to be the best team in the scene again. Uh, So I was super impressed, and I thought that, you know, I was expecting them to do well, but I did not think they were going to beat Reunited, so... Yeah, pretty epic. It was definitely epic. I mean, it was looking like United was I mean, going to win. They definitely have spent back, right? so. a lot of time playing together. I don't think it's fair to say like, oh, they're a super new team. Like Tivik and Mendo, the amount of time that they scrimmed together when they were on IEDQD makes up for a lot. Like that's two people on your team. Sure. Not to mention, you know, reinforce. Not like he, they all play on the same server. I'm sure they've been in games together and like solo queue and whatever. It's not like they don't know each other's play styles and hero Still, pools. And uh, after and one question, week, do you though, feel like the game like is week. too I mean. centric around the DPS players because they have like Tivik and Mendo coming in and they're able to win with with those guys? They're basically the core of two different best teams. It doesn't necessarily matter Perhaps. who's around them. Maybe. Perhaps. Not, a- not really sure. Hasn't always been very 
deep centric? I mean, I feel like I would say so, but yeah. you know, maybe other people feel differently. I don't know. I mean, it feels to me like it's really hard to notice when some of the other roles are doing playing very well. Like you might notice when they make a big mistake, right. but you know, <laughs> are they exactly. like if if they're doing their job, are they can they impact the match like positively much more? I mean, whereas obviously a DPS player can always make like an amazing play or something and hit a couple headshots or something like that. So I don't know. Well, I think it always depends on, on on the DPS taking people out, right? Because if that doesn't happen, then just the sustaining right, and especially impact. yeah. So especially now, like after some of the you know nurse to Lucia's damage mm-hmm. and right. maybe using yeah. auto nerfs and stuff, like if your DPS die, you have even less of a chance to have like a fighting chance to to win a fight, basically. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's fair to say that they're like, oh, this new team, you know, because they've definitely played together. Three Swedes and three, it's, three it's still a big I don't know. It's, it's pretty still, awesome. It's still great. I mean, it's still a great result after one week. I mean, come on. I mean, it, even if you, even if they have played together, those two guys have played together a ton, and even those guys have played a little bit together, I, I still think it's pretty impressive that they beat a, a team that's been playing together for a long time now and reunited. Um, Regardless, you said, they're here to stay, and apparently they're yeah. going to announce a sponsor in like the next couple of days or week or something okay. that's gonna be awesome oh you have a, so you have a new team here that did pretty good sooner sooner or later sooner or late yeah mm-hmm. um I, uh, we we I actually had a chance to cast them against my dong as we casted my dog the whole way through the tournament and this team sooner or late is uh it's actually got some uh some people i know from dirty bomb so i was excited <laughs> to see them play and they played way better than i thought they were going to play um so not a whole lot to say here, just more evidence that the European scene not only has a number of teams really at the highest echelon, but you know, one rung below, there's a whole slew, a whole pack of other teams as well. Uh, so that was really encouraging to see. So shout-outs to Outsider, uh, who I know from the Dirty Bomb space. and Yeah, shout-outs to that team. All right, so enough EU talk. Let's talk NA. So <laughs> we're talking about some teams disbanding here. and Rip Envious. Yeah, and one Team Envious was... They were one of the best NA teams that we've had since the beginning of beta. So uh, this was actually pretty big news. I know Ben, you mentioned it on you know on it on uh, during the tournament, right? And uh, it was kind of yeah. at the same time it was on Reddit. So it was it was it was pretty big deal given that that you know a lot of these players we know like very very well just based on all the events they've won and just play you know placed very highly in. All right, what happened here, guys? What are you guys uh, hearing behind the scenes? I mean, I, I, Tailspin posted something, but uh, yeah. It's kind of crazy if you know if you get into a position where you're looking for two players that these teams might disband. That's kind of scary. It's rough, dude. I mean, I I have personally known members of this team for years and years and years and years. And obviously, if you if if you've been following the competitive scene since the first phase of the beta, mm-hmm. Hubris were the IDDQD of the first phase of the beta. They were entirely undefeated except for the first tournament they ever played in. Um, They were incredibly dominant. Uh, A lot of, a really interesting team that has history in multiple different games. So this one hurts, man. This one sucks. I hate to see it, but uh, at the same time, I I can also see it from their point of view. But you're right, Chris. There is an interesting trend here where teams, if they don't succeed for two, three weeks in a row, they just explode. Yeah. This is happening time and time again. I mean, part of the issue very... isn't just that, though. Like, I mean, Ross quit. Like, he's quitting the game, period. It's not just, There was like, a domino effect the before results. that, though. So, yeah. like, this is, the, this is the domino effect line of what happened to Envious. It pretty much started, like, a week or so before they cut Esper. They were having issues um, beating the Europeans. They cut Esper. 
Then they started doing tryouts after they swapped positions around. I think uh, Stoop went to DPS, Ras went to support, mm-hmm. a couple other things. Cool Matt kind of went off of strictly DPS to like kind of off tank other things. And they started doing tryouts. They did Buds and Taimu. Taimu left during the Onog tournament to do the IDDQD uh, <laughs> switch for, for that weekend. Um, and prior to that, about two months ago, Rassid received some news that basically completely demotivated him to play the game at all. And then on top of adding to that with the issues of not being able to find a sixth member that they liked playing with or that they felt gelled well with the team, Rash just decided to quit the game. <laughs> and so that kind of resulted in the team disbanding. They were already having troubles finding a six, then Ras quits. It's like, okay, now they are only Five four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you even it, it, do at that point other than just disband? Plus members of the team, mainly Cool Matt and Tailspin, were receiving offers of joining other teams. So, so this is kind of interesting because we don't see, I guess, this type of thing in other esports where, you know, it's 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 almost like the sponsors just kind of loom in the background. You know, like Team Envious. No, normally, right? If you're Team Envious, like you're 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 playing, you're in another esport. I mean, if somebody those people, two people drop, the other team remains, right? And the team's like heavily, you know, involved. It's a lot different though. It. Yeah. So I, I'm this curious. Is like a new, like, right? Yeah. New, of, it's newest nascent. Like. Yeah you don't even know if the people you're playing with are necessarily going to be that great, like, you know, a couple months down the line or something when there's more talent in the game or when their motivation changes quickly or something like well, that. And like, there's no big tournaments to play in. There's no big leagues that promote stability. I mean, you see roster swapping after, you know, every single event in you know, Counter-Strike or Dota or something when there's no limits on doing that. But now there's more impetus to do that in those scenes because there's more stability. So that doesn't happen. But that doesn't exist in Overwatch yet because there's there's no formal structure basically for competition. There's no LAN events. You know, it's it's still too early. So, I mean, even with those contracts, you know, it's it's just That's going right, to happen because yeah. it's it's just so early basically. Like, this, I think it helps that like Hastro is legitimately one of the most chill organization owners I've ever met yeah. in my entire life. Um, good guy. And I think he kind of just trusts even in CS:GO a lot. I think he trusts his team to make the right decisions roster wise and mm-hmm. trust their you know, intuition and who they want to play with and who fits with the team and stuff like that. So I think a lot of it had to also do with the fact that he trusted them to, mm-hmm. you know, make the right decisions on who they wanted to play with and who would help them succeed. And in the end, I think just the, there's a lack of people in the beta pool and there's only so much that you can do with what you're given and yeah. they just weren't comfortable with anyone. So. All right. Well, yeah, um, shit happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, why don't we, uh, so why don't we take one quick question and we'll ra- wrap up. So uh, Pillowkeeper asked on, on uh, Twitter, if you noticed, Stress Test Weekend had a significant boost in viewership. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, I think did. you mentioned that too, right? Fish, fish Sticks during the cast, that there were just more people watching. What do you think Twitch viewership will be on launch? So I'm pretty excited. One of, mm-hmm. like one of the functions question. I have at Twitch is I actually predict <laughs> viewership yeah. for events yeah. uh, internally for our engineering teams. Um I don't know. It's it's really really hard to say, but this range. this weekend was range. super encouraging, super encouraging because the Gamers Origin Cup. I didn't even hear about it until the day before. <laughs> was, nobody knew about it. Too. Nobody nobody posted <laughs> it on Reddit. Nobody. Uh, it wasn't on the Twitch front page. Like no one was tweeting about it. I, I didn't I didn't do my usual like Discord advertising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yet it still got four thousand viewers. Uh, you know the Overkill.gg League has been doing really well this week, even though all the games last night were kind of shit. 
uh, it still got over 4,000 viewers again. Uh, so the fact that uh, the stress test weekend has brought, I would say, a fresh crop of people into the competitive uh, fold is really, really encouraging. Uh, and can only imagine, like they said, what, uh, seven, eight million people signed up for beta access. Yeah. So if even a quarter of those people actually get in during open beta weekend and play, that's going to be millions. If, if the game sells millions, you know, we're going to have many millions of people playing this game when it comes out. So I think viewership is going to grow by probably right off the bat. I think the first tournaments are going to be hitting 10 K. I, I do. I think it's going to be about three times what we're seeing right now, at least. I thought it was interesting because um, being around the industry, like a lot of people are kind of worried about Overwatch because the viewership hasn't really been that high in the beta and it hasn't been like what they kind of expect, I guess, for a game like this. Like I was actually at MLG uh, two weeks ago at the major. I talked to one of your Twitch guys, Cody Connors, and he said he was worried about it because you know, the viewership was kind of low, but he didn't really know how many people were actually in the beta, you know, and how closed it really was. And I think it was, you know, pretty closed. And I think that makes a huge difference in this mm-hmm. case. So yeah. I think that there's, you know, pretty big opportunity for the viewership to jump up. I mean, the big question is just going to be how many people are actually going to pay to buy the game, you know, at, at launch versus playing the open beta or, you know, sign up for the open beta. So I, I, we'll just have to wait and see. I think we have an iteration. I think it comes... oh, go ahead, Shay, go ahead. I was going to say, I think it just basically comes down to what we've kind of known all along, which was people don't tend to want to watch a game that they can't play. Mm-hmm. So if everyone has access to the game, whether it's through paid or whatever, um, I think we can expect to see a lot more viewership coming from that. So and I, I think mean, not everyone, it's important I guess, but. to have a frame of reference as well. Um, you guys might know Kevin Shamtu. He, he was big into StarCraft and then big into That's the Heroes right. of the Storm scene. And uh, he just started working at Twitch. So I've been chatting with him about the tournaments and stuff. And he was doing, he was in a similar position to me where he was organizing early tournaments for Heroes of the Storm. And those tournaments didn't get even close to the amount of interest in terms of viewership. Um, there weren't even close to as many people investing in tournaments at the time. And maybe that's just because esports has changed. But I think the hype behind this game has already proven that like, the, the momentum we have right now is a lot more than other games had in beta. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Yeah, I mean, this game is going to be, you know, just talking non-competitive, this game's going to be in the running for Game of the Year. So, I, I mean, if you have a Game of the Year mixed with, like, esports, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people playing it, right? And uh, I think we have an iteration, this open beta week, you know, just that week, and there's going to be some events going on during that week, too. So we'll, we'll get a chance to even just see what the viewership's like for that. I mean, we'll probably see like 10x, 15x the amount of people playing the game during that week, just even compared to right now. So, um, you know, launch will be even on top of that, exponentially on top of that. So, yeah, I think 10x, I think 10k might even be conservative. <laughs> like, so, I'm trying to keep my yeah, expectations tempered so, here. Yeah. 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 Cool. I don't know. I think it's safe to say that things should go pretty well, regardless for the first week, at mm-hmm. least, anyways. I think the first week will probably be overhyped because you're going to have the variety streamers just all over it for like a couple yeah, days. Yeah, but that's, that's artificial. So, like, that's not... It'll be boosted for yeah, a little while, but after it dies down, we'll kind of, I think we'll get to see... It's hard to call it artificial when JP's out. playing uh, Overwatch like five days a week on stream. And, no, JP is. Yeah. But well, like, I mean, I mean Lyric doesn't yeah. stream it all the time and, you know, like, like Summit doesn't stream it all the time. I mean, these are just like... You know, just whatever day it happens that they that they're streaming it, then the numbers go up, right? But that's not dependent. You know, that's not like Kriparian streaming Hearthstone. You know, like that that's not the same, right? 
So um, that's kind of I mean what I, what I mean by artificial. Like yeah, JP sure. like loves the I game, gotcha. so like, like you know what I mean by that. Um, yeah, so we'll have to see like when, when it normalizes a little bit. Like what will be cool is like two weeks after the launch. Like what does it look like after that? And um, you know then we'll get a good picture of it. And the first event, regardless of what's going on there, the first event will just tell us everything, right? So um, that's going to be awesome. We'll see who gets that first event after launch. It's going to be like a race for that, I'm sure. Oh, uh, God. It's going to be insane. <laughs> it is going to be pretty crazy. Holy shit. It's going to be an exciting time. But uh, why don't we wrap up, Ben? I know you're on a, uh, you know, just like a tight schedule here. So, um, Sam, Oplade, or Oplad. I keep saying play it. I don't know why. But o- Oplad, thanks for uh, appearing. You're, you're our first guest. So you're the first person. Is you, no, you're second person that's appeared twice now. So I really appreciate it. Your insight is always, you know, very very thoughtful and, and very, um, you know, just you're a writer. So you have definitely this great perspective on everything. So, uh, always great to have a just discussion with you in terms of everything. Always a pleasure to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Any shout outs you want to do? Shout outs you want to do before you take off? Um, not really. Shout out to the daily dot, I guess. Yeah. That's where I write. I work there. Should go there, check it out, read the articles. Read his articles. One up about he the new stuff. player resources center that people are trying to put together to, Oh, oh yeah. saw that this morning. Sports. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, we totally need that. Holy crap. Um, Shade, how about you? Shout-outs. Uh, Shout-outs to Luminosity and my team. <laughs> um, we have a game versus C9 tonight again. Um, <laughs> so hopefully that goes well. The guys have been, like, they were up all night. They played great last, that, last so. time, so... They did well. It's a little rough. We need more practice. There isn't a whole lot of NA teams to scrim right now, but hmm. um, yeah, hopefully we do well with that. So shout out to Luminosity, all our sponsors. Shout out to my stream and my subs. They're in chat every week. They watch the show or they watch the VOD. So I love them. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Awesome. Ben? Uh, man, the NA scene is kind of crazy right now. We've really only got Cloud9. I'm hoping to see that the Envious guys like spread out and like join different teams. Um, Cause like right now is cloud nine is heads and shoulders above everyone else. And I really want to see some competition. Uh, so, you know, obviously LG is doing pretty well too, but um, <laughs> uh, like, I like, we nice need safe. to see, we need to see some more teams pop up in the NA scene. So I, I do hope that everyone finds a home soon uh, and looking forward to seeing those teams formed up and play. Um, well, homes in, that, on NA teams, you mean, right? On NA teams, yes. <laughs> on NA teams, please. Please, guys. Um, right. Yeah, uh, so make sure to watch your, your daily dose of competitive Overwatch. The Overkill GG League mm-hmm. is still going by Gosu Gamers, so watch that on the Gosu Gamers Twitch channel. Um, I don't know if they're broadcasting today or not, but... Um, I think they are, uh, yeah. right? Yeah. 5 p.m. PST. Yeah. 5 p.m. PST, yeah. and then get, tomorrow, get the too. While you can, guys. This yeah. g- would be so sad when there's no overwatch left to play man oh geez yeah exactly yeah you can follow me on twitter if you want to know more about what i'm up to always doing something here in the competitive overwatch space yeah and that's at fish sticks and uh actually the twitters are at shade ow right mm-hmm. and at o plaid i believe right sam yep. that's your twitter yeah so follow these guys too on twitter and you can just you know just i guess keep track of what they're up to and uh yeah my shout out just a uh, shout out to three of you guys for doing the show it's always a lot of fun uh next week you know with the beta coming down we'll still have the show next week guys we'll just do like a a beta recap and maybe continue our 
continue our talk on competitive mode. This is only part one, I guess. Uh, and we'll see what we do the following week. Uh, just because, again, it, it, the schedule for the show, I, I don't think it makes sense to like continue the show if there's nothing to talk about, really. Uh, but who knows? We might we might decide to. Well, I'll definitely keep you guys posted on that. Uh, VODs will be on YouTube.com slash ChamMV shortly after, uh, sometime tonight. So check that out if you can. And uh, that's going to be it for the overview. So for O Plaid Shade, Fishsticks, and myself, ChamMV, we'll see you next time. Later. Bye.